If you guys could be the first man to do something, what would you guys choose? Like, what what would you be a trailblazer in? Birthing. <laughs> Junior. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, what, what what is there? What what like that? I don't even understand how to answer that question. The first man to do like I, I feel like it's birth in space, Mars, <laughs> right? Those are like the two options. I mean, just like uh, there's got to be some some field or some activity or something. Maybe not though. Birthing that that counts. Um, and Mars, that thing where you all sync up periods. Is <laughs> he a first man to menstruate? Yeah, sure. Goes along with the other. We're probably missing something obvious. All right. Well, it seemed like a good question, but WNBA. It's not. <laughs> God, being really into astrology. <laughs> Loving dolphins and or horses. <laughs> Shh. Listeners, welcome back. I'm your co-host, Rob, and joined, as always, by my good friends, Joe and Duff. It's great to be here. Hoorah. This is the Midnight Boys present a free podcast, no cost, no cost to our listeners, guys. And uh, we're on season three. We are talking about the summer of 1997, and we are talking about G.I. Jane, which I just realized I did not look up what week it came out. Uh, August 22nd, 1997. So this was trying to ease a little bit into the uh, prestige movie territory. Yeah, we're starting to think Oscars a little bit here, right? Like, uh, you know, maybe. I was going to ask if if there was Oscar buzz about Demi Moore for this when this was coming out. So I decided, oh, I'll look that up for myself. There is scant little about this movie on the interweb. <laughs> yeah, it's sort of... Yeah, I mean, 97, I guess that kind of makes sense. You know, it's... Well, there's a lot to get into about this. Should we? Should we start off... Should we start off, Duff? This is your choice. Do you want to tell us why you chose G.I. Jane for us to watch? Yes, I would love to know why you picked this movie. <laughs> uh, well, I think it's because Con Air was the all agreed upon pick, so that was I didn't need to do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and a part of me was going out on a limb that maybe this was kind of okay or good, <laughs> and I just remember it inspired. Uh, think pieces back when we had to etch them in clay tablets <laughs> um, there's just it was a very it was kind of a watershed cultural moment and then there was a bunch of to do and it turned out no one liked the movie or saw the movie and then it was gone but the term gi jane is still used a lot yeah that's true so let's 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 get our, i'm gonna give the listeners a quick overview of what happened in the plot it's our second Ridley Scott film, by the way, guys, um, that we've done. But we started in Washington, D.C. with Senator DeHaven criticizing the Navy for not giving the same opportunities to women that they give to men. So the first test is they're going to do a U.S. Navy combined um, reconnaissance team. Senator DeHaven picks Jordan O'Neill, Demi Moore, as plays her as his candidate. O'Neill goes to camp, and surprise, men aren't really a big fan of it. Some of the men don't trust her, and throughout the uh, the brutal training, they don't help her. The training program is run by uh, the Master Chief Sergeant, played by Vigo Mortensen. 
it's really difficult, but O'Neill doesn't want to have different standards for her versus the men. During one of the training sessions, a SEER training, which is survival, evasion, resistance, and escape, she is beat up uh, by the chief, and he, I, you know, he threatens to rape her. She fights back and gains respect of all the other men when she defiantly yells, suck my dick. Meanwhile, the media learns about this, hence the term G.I. Jane. There are fake charges that she's a lesbian. She's told that they'll leave. They'll give her a desk job while they investigate. She's not interested. She rings out to quit, goes home. However, she learns that Senator DeHaven was the one who created these false allegations. So she confronts DeHaven in D.C. and is able to return back to the program. She's back in the program. She has respect of the people. Uh, Her and the rest of the CRT members are doing their last bit of training, except... (laughs) Their training is interrupted by a real-life emergency, guys. Bunch of fighting happens. Honestly, I was confused by the whole thing at this point. I don't really know what's <laughs> happening. Uh, O'Neill shows that she's an awesome leader and soldier and graduates. We, the got, end. we got the Arabs is what happened, Rob. Yes. Uh, anything I missed there, guys? No, that's a that's a pretty good overview. Okay. Um, most of this movie takes place uh, while she's doing training, which is... They call it CRT in the movie. There is no such thing as CRT except old television screens, I suppose. <laughs> Monitors, which is a really nerdy thing to say. Uh, but there is in real life a thing called uh, BUDS, which um, Navy SEALs, training of Navy SEALs. You have like, to do to become like a Navy earbuds? SEAL. No, it's basic underwater demolition slash SEAL. So basic underwater demolitions, your D, mm-hmm. and then the seal at the end for buds. Now, I have a very good friend of mine who went through buds, or I should say he started buds. Um, it is a very, very high drop- dropout rate. Um, I think in the movie they six sixty 60%, but looking it up and talking to him, it's like 80%, 75 to 80% don't make it through it. So I asked him a few questions about what we actually have happening in this movie. Uh, and a lot of the demolition stuff is real. I mean, that like a lot of that training, I actually had watched a documentary about it when he went into Bud's. And so like a lot of that stuff is true. Uh, there is a bell that you have to, that you ring when you want to quit. I asked my friend if he had indeed rang the bell, but he did not. There are like also qualifying like fitness and like different times you have to have on things. And if you don't hit those enough after so many times, you're just, it's done so that's what happened to him he didn't quit he just didn't make it so that's what i know about buds and crt but most the vast majority of this movie takes place as they're training yes including set or whatever you want to call it of a uh hostage situation in a foreign territory yeah when they do their seer training you mean yeah yeah so i asked about that too I asked my friend, like, is this like, is this a real thing? And SEER training is a real thing uh, that does exist in the Navy. It's called um, survival, evasion, resistance, and escape. Now, I'm pretty sure you're not allowed to, like, beat up someone who's <laughs> trying can, to get in the group and then, like, you know, attempt to rape them. And, I don't think, 
that's allowed. <laughs> so you can't violate the Geneva Convention? <laughs> yes. But you do, like, I think generally it's a lot of, like, very difficult, like, outdoor, you know, hiking up a mountain type stuff on your own type thing. He, I think he did say you got thrown around in a box for a while <laughs> as part of that training. <laughs> throw you in a box and make sure, see how you do in that situation. So I guess that part might be a bit accurate. So it is, it is like designed to what you'd see in this movie. Just, you know, D- designed to break you. Designed to see if you, yeah, so you kind of know what it's like so you don't break, I guess. Um, does the, does like the setting and the type of scenario depend on which Lord of the Rings character is running it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Orlando Bloom one is a lot easier. <laughs> it's not nearly as difficult. Yeah, old Vigo's in this movie. That was a surprise to me. Yeah, I guess I knew he was in this. Uh, looking pretty thin. Yeah. He, uh, he, he must have gotten jacked for Lord of the Rings because he looks a lot thinner. He, um, I was reading a uh, fun fact that during the uh, making of this movie, they had to actually go through like some basic training at like mm-hmm. the actors and <laughs> he didn't do it. And it made the other actors really mad, which he said was the whole point. Because <laughs> he wanted them to like not like him well, in the that's role. That's good. So he just didn't do the training, and it created a lot of animosity. I like how in this movie he goes like one and two-thirds Hitler mustache. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then it kind of fades into a regular mustache. <laughs> yeah, and there's like this weird... like characterization of him where they're like oh he's a really mean guy but he likes poetry (laughs) fine he likes dh lawrence so yeah it's like that bad it's like he's like the the idea of a hero as conceived by steven seagal probably like i could see him like pitching that idea this worldly well-educated sociopath (laughs) yeah 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 this the there's i don't know this movie is very i actually find this movie very interesting but not for like i find the existence of this movie interesting and the things that happen and make in the movie more interesting than the movie itself which i which is a problem yeah um our usual segment of hey it's 1997 has been replaced with this entire movie (laughs) yeah it is very uh late 90s we'll say just everything about it it's just very like there's this very strange disconnect from what it's trying to do and then what it actually does i mean it's like yeah. most attempts uh, of like like a message movie made by people outside of the group that it's advocating for yeah you know what i mean so this is like a an attempt at making a feminist film and it's made by just a bunch of white dudes yeah so, um, like, uh, and it seems like any time, whether it's like something about racial issues or, or in this case, you know, feminism, any time it's made by like somebody that's not part of that group, it just always ends up being clumsy or almost always ends up being clumsy. This one is real clumsy. So when I started watching this movie, I did it. All right. Well, I kind of assumed it was based on a true story. It seems like it's of that pedigree. Right, it 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 does definitely feel that way, and it, it is not based on a true story, and and we'll we'll I want to dig more into that later, but one thing 
that's interesting is like the Navy didn't even like, there's a reason it's not the seals. The Navy didn't want to like, they wanted, they wanted nothing to do with this movie. Um, which I mean, there's probably some reasons for that, which we'll talk about, but also it just wasn't accurate enough. Like they were just like, this isn't, (laughs) this isn't like a very accurate movie. So we're not going to, we're not going to be part of it, which like you kind of wonder like how, if they would have been like how things might've been better. You kind of think of like the top gun model, right? Like the top gun had, was that the Navy or the air force or top gun? That was part of that. Probably air force. I think it was the Navy. It was the Navy. Um, Yeah. All right. So, um, Come on, Duff. It's true. easy to be confused. Also, for that. true story. I've only seen that movie once in my entire life. I like I like Top Gun. Um. So yeah, I mean, it's interesting that like this could have been a. Well, it doesn't make the Navy look good. That's why no I do it. I mean, <laughs> no. So, like, also, I, they didn't. I, I, they, more, they also more... did not want female recruits so yeah I, I i'm i'm more interested in seeing a military movie if the branch doesn't endorse it like all the ones that are like like top gun for example i mean that movie is stupid it has yeah. it's funny to it's, laugh at and it has cool parts like it's yeah. well made but it's like complete bs yeah but it's i mean it's still good <laughs> i is like it, top is gun it actually good i don't know it's a good time yeah <laughs> That's enough. I li- I liked it a lot when I was a little kid. Is Tony Scott a better director than Ridley Scott? Uh, uh, I feel like we've argued about that off the air before. I don't know, but after watching this, I'm kind of I was always scared to say it, but guys, Ridley Scott kind of sucks. So <laughs> you have said it before. You've told know. that to me. I don't know if I've gone as far as say he sucks because I'm always like, oh, Alien and Blade Runner, and I'm like, nope, sorry, dude, this is just nonsense. Sorry. It's, yeah. We, we talked about it with the Gladiator episode, but yeah. there's definitely a lot more misses for Ridley Scott than hits. Um, and when he does have hits, it seems in spite of him, not because of him. Yeah, that's one thing I was kind of shocked about watching this movie is it's not nearly as... like You would think it would be at least directed well. It, all it is is just a lot of slow motion of people falling. Or that you have all of a sudden someone replicating... Uh, steady cam by zooming in and out really really quickly <laughs> yes yes there's a lot of that it is it is sort of a mess a um, couple things from the story that I'm curious if you guys picked up on uh, I mentioned this is our second Ridley Scott movie it is also our second Anne Bancroft movie yeah which I did not know so that was so, a surprise Mrs. Robinson from The Graduate plays the senator and the other thing I was wondering uh, do you guys remember the couple's bath scene in this movie? Yes. Yes. That, that is how you know you're watching a movie, when there's a couple's bath scene. Um, but did the guy, her boyfriend, or whoever that guy is, do you know, do you recognize him, Duff? Mm, nope. He played the dude in Monkey Shines. Oh. Wow. If I recall, you're a big Monkey Shines fan. Uh, Monkey Shines <laughs> is one-third Midnight Boy approved, for sure. <laughs> I've never seen it. Uh, Duff, why don't you tell us a little bit about Monkey Shines? I've never even heard of it. So Monkey Shines is a George A. Romero movie from the mid-80s. It is the story of a man who is in a, I believe, a bicycle accident or something, and he becomes a a paraplegic. Is it paraplegic if you're below the neck? I thought he was a quadriplegic. At at any rate, he loses uh, control. He ain't running no more. (laughs) 
no. So he loses all control below the neck. So, but he has manages to live at home with a uh, helper monkey. <laughs> but he awesome. does not know that the helper monkey was experimented on, and so. <laughs> This sounds awesome. It, it the monkey kind of can form like an evil psychic bond, and so <laughs> the monkey the monkey ends up going on a killing spree. Uh, shenanigans ensue, um, but it's a quality movie. It is one of the rare movies to feature a paraplegic uh, lovemaking scene. <laughs> <laughs> is the monkey involved in that? No. Okay. <laughs> Because it'd be great if it was like first movie with the quadriplegic monkey love scene. No, I'm not. I'm not hawking a smut film. <laughs> uh, so, anyways, the guy in the, that she takes her the couple's bath with is uh, is the the quadriplegic from Monkey Shines. You know how this movie is subtly coding that he's uh, that he's being cucked. He's scrubbing her feet. <laughs> Can I tell a Christopher Reeve story? Sure. Speaking of quadriplegics. Yep. So, you know how, like, when you're a little kid, like, just certain things that you see or you hear, just tiny little things that almost anybody else would just forget about, but they just get etched into your memory and you just remember them forever? Like Mm -hmm. Billy Ray Cyrus? Yeah, like my Billy Ray Cyrus story. (laughs) Yes. Uh, So, I have one about Christopher Reeve, too. Him and uh, his wife and him were being interviewed on... 2020 or and i remember was Hugh downs doing it or was barbara walters doing the interviewing i, I that i don't recall <laughs> i believe it was a woman but i i don't so it'd be barbara walters then well they had... uh, okay brief aside rob is the <laughs> is the most intense 2020 stan i've ever met under age 70 he loves it so much I used to love, I used to, I mean, it's really bad now, but as like a teenager. Isn't it Stossel now? Yeah, when John Stossel would do his things, I thought they were so interesting. Oh, I've learned so much from John Stossel. This is why false media is very bad for people. Poor people people are greedy. (laughs) (laughs) All right, sorry, sorry, Joe. No, 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 don't be sorry. Um, So they're they're sort of just interviewing them. Obviously, this was a while after his accident. And they're just kind of talking about what life is like. And I remember whoever interviewed him asking about their sex life. And I, I just, I don't know why I remember this, but I, I've never forgotten it. Just his wife saying like, well, we, it, we, we're still active. And the, whoever the interviewer is like, um, really? How does it work? It's Barbara Walters. And then his wife going like, well, some things just always will work on their own. <laughs> Or some variation of that. <laughs> and I just remember like uh, being a little kid and just thinking, oh, they're talking about Superman's boner on TV. <laughs> <laughs> it always will work. So I guess wow. uh, Monkey Shines is accurate. <laughs> so, um, Also in this movie, guys, I feel like this is a recurring theme for us in these 97 films, but the old cigar phallic conversation. Mm-hmm. I feel like Hollywood knew about Clinton before the rest of us. <laughs> a lot of subtle hints maybe. all throughout it. I don't remember. Maybe just in the like, maybe just in like '97. You know, everyone was all horned up about cigars. Yeah, and these movies maybe inspired our president, former president. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe he got all. Maybe that was what did it. Maybe it was GI Jane. 
he, he also learned he also learned how to behave around women from Aragorn in this movie too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so this movie is most known for the, um, at least as far from my understanding, is Demi Moore shaving her head. And getting Demi Moore su- and getting super ripped. Yes, but like I just know like that was a big thing. Like oh my god. Yeah. She shaved her head for the movie. That's, I, I don't know, there's just so many things about this movie that seem like, as you said, tough, like so 1997, that like in 97, it's like, oh my God, she shaved her head. Isn't that brave? Isn't she <laughs> yeah. so brave? <laughs> and I'm just like, it'll grow back. <laughs> Relax. Not that big of a deal. There's also the moment in this movie when she gets her promotion in the shower. Mm-hmm. Totally normal. Find out mm-hmm. about that. While you're showering, as your uh, commanding officer comes in, <sighs> guys, what is your what is your relationship with Demi Moore? What does she mean to you? <laughs> Nothing. Uh, I remember her. I remembered her being a better actress than she is. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> I asked my wife. I was like, I was like, name three Demi Moore movies, and she's like, Ghost, G.I. Jane. And I was like, yep, I was just talking about that movie, so that makes sense. <laughs> and then she's just like, cover of Vanity Fair. <laughs> Demi, Demi Moore was like such a part of like my adolescence growing up, like everywhere. I mean, she was, you know, in the mid-90s, she was like the highest paid actress in Hollywood, at least at one time. She That, that like Vanity Fair thing, which would have been, I mean, even before that, like the pregnancy picture. Um, Celebrity marriage. Yeah, celebrity marriage ziz. I mean, because you later on would have one of Fashion Kutcher. Before she married uh, Bruce Willis, she was engaged to Emilio Estevez. Fun fact for you. Yeah, she was one of the Brat Packers in the 80s. She's kind of like in my head, like the first like real celebrity I can think of. Like someone who was famous and I just knew because she was famous, but not really because of anything she did in movies. She was crazy famous in the mid-90s. Yeah. Insane. Yeah. But the thing, is, like, it seems like there, she had this one-two punch, and this was punch num- number two, and then her career was just over. Well, after this, she doesn't do anything for quite a while. She like yeah. just takes a break. Um, she won a Razzie for this role in this movie, which I don't get that really. I don't, I don't know why that would be the case. Like, she's not. I mean, she's not like it's not good. But she's not, not good. But she's not, not prob- that bad. No, there's got to have been someone worse that year. She tried. Like, I sort of just give effort for, like, you know, I mean, they, they tried something new and did it. Like, that's more interesting. Like, it wasn't bad. Yeah. And, I mean, she has the kind of wooden bad delivery that I think she always does. But otherwise, I mean, it's not something to look back on and be embarrassed that you did no. that. So I have a bit of a personal relationship with Demi Moore. I should I should mention, the. I said this is punch number two. I should mention punch number one, I guess would be ghost or a decent proposal no that like ended her career oh strip so the year before yeah strip tease yeah um, i will also say this as delicately as i can uh there are some not very delicately (laughs) no there are some uh interesting shots in this movie yeah that dude uh, a bit of a male gaze i would say while she's working out I, I, uh, those boobs aren't weird, aren't real, guys. Those aren't real. <laughs> those are far from real. 
They, it's like it's like they were animated for like Tomb Raider in 1997. Like the game animated them from that. I'm just like that's are, that's not how they work. So are you judging uh, per the period or just just to- that's a blanket statement covering everything? I just making a blanket statement. I guess mm-hmm. I never knew that she had fake breasts until I watched this movie. I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> I think I'm she sorry. didn't she kind of famously get them for striptease. I think she had them for striptease, yeah. Um, but I don't know. I just never. I I guess never thought about it. Um, or maybe I just know more than I did when I saw those. You know, these movies in '97. Um, but which it is, again, I I feel like there was just so much press about the issue you're talking about, and now it's because it was right when the internet was beginning it's like it's never happened yes that's i guess can you i mean yeah i I also i did a little research on it and it's interesting so she had some breast implants and then she had to get them redone um you did a lot of research (laughs) well how many different pages on mr skin do you have bookmarked (laughs) listen i also learned that uh, Demi do, you, Moore... do you have a bulletin board with uh, <laughs> pins? <laughs> I also learned that she... <laughs> his 3D printer is running right now with a full <laughs> full body uh, model of Demi. I learned that she had not a great relationship with her mother. Oh, yeah. I read that, too. It's pretty sad. Yeah. Do you know about this stuff? I don't, actually. You know, I think she moved out of home when she was like 16 or so, and, and her mother posed nude in a magazine and sometime after when she was like at her most famous she tried to sell nude pictures the mother did of herself and playboy was like no it's fine we're not that interested and so she appeared on a magazine called high society Mm -hmm. uh in which she spoofed uh, the Vanity Fair pregnancy photo and the body paint photo and also parodied her love scene from the film Ghost, but all naked. That is very weird, isn't it, guys? Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Super, super normal and healthy. <laughs> yeah, here's Demi Moore. At this at this stage in 93, probably, like, if not the biggest star, like, uh, actress in Hollywood, one of the biggest It was either her or Sharon Stone, probably. And, um... And all of a sudden, like, you know, you do these. Like, I remember that Vanity Fair cover was a big deal because people were like, oh, my God, can you believe it? Now, even that, you're just like, it's what's the big deal? I don't yeah. see why this is. a. But at the time, it was it was a massive deal. And then, like, your mom is just like, I'm going to do it, too, because screw her. <laughs> very, very weird. Um, so, yeah, so highest paid actress does G.I. Jane, gets a Razzie for that role, kind of disappears for a while. Uh, this it's still. I mean, was married was married to Bruce Willis during this. So my my Bruce my uh, Demi Moore story. When we bought our house, our realtor, his son, uh, was an actor, maybe still is, and was dating Rumor Willis, Demi Moore's daughter. <laughs> Rumor, that's right. Hmm. And like, I remember our realtor being like, "Yeah, we got to go out there." Like, we went out there for Christmas. <laughs> Like to Bruce, and like this was when she was like this was when she was with Ashton Kutcher at this point too. So they went to Bruce Willis's place. I guess I don't know if they went to 
Ashen and Demi's place. But that's interesting, huh, guys? That would be a very interesting holiday to be at. Yes. Like, what, what do you get them? <laughs> do you bring something? Here, Bruce brought this t- t- triple pack of Die Hard DVDs. <laughs> I got you a wig. I got, <laughs> I got you a trucker hat, Ashton. The thing that I couldn't get over watching this movie afterwards decided to do a little research about the history of women in the u.s military it's a topic i don't know much about guys now to be honest i don't know much about the u.s military either or women or (laughs) (laughs) fair fair so there is a history of women serving in the military and traditional female roles for i mean since like the 1700s right and i'm talking like laundry cooks nurses administration sort of thing Mm-hmm. Uh, the last couple years of World War Two or World War One, I'm sorry, like 1918 or so, women are permitted to join the military in non-combat roles. Before they just kind of were there. Now they could actually, like you know, officially join. It wasn't until 30 years later, guys, in 1948, that women were entitled to veterans' benefits. Um, you could just serve for th- you know you could be serving during that whole time and you wouldn't get any veterans benefits totally fair um oh thank you harry truman and 1993 before this movie comes out is when women can serve on combat ships and fly jets so you know a few years before this movie we start to see like real progress here's a question for you guys when do you think women were allowed to apply for combat positions in the military any guesses on the year thousand Six. I'm going to say 2002. The answer is uh, January 1st, 2016. Oh, I I heard the six. I got real excited. Isn't that crazy? Like, we're watching this movie. And, like, when I watch this movie, I'm just like, this seems so, like, I just can't believe the way these men are acting. Just the whole thing. Like, it's clearly, like, like, correctly that, like, these men are wrong and that, uh... O'Neill has the right to be there and at least see how she does. Well, to be fair, okay. How would you guys react if they let women podcast? <laughs> <laughs> well, they haven't yet, thankfully. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so like, watch this movie. I kind of think that. I'm just like, oh, I mean, this is silly. And I think that, like, you know. 20 years later is finally when it's like, oh, women can now, like, apply for combat positions. Now, there have been women since 2016 now who have been able to at least try going into buds and making it out. As far as I know, no one's made it out. So, sorry, but for combat positions, is that in one branch, all branches? All branches. Well, you heard the senator in the movie. No no senator wants uh, body bags with women in it coming home. You they know, don't want body bags in general. They shouldn't. Well, so uh, have you met a senator? <laughs> yes. I, also, that's a whole subplot in this movie I don't get. So she, why, why does she do this to get a bases don't close? What is, I don't understand. She how, said, I, I, yeah, so she uses it as a bargaining chip, and she's like, I. so it's, I, it's implied sort of behind the scenes. She tells another senator, I'll back down on this women in combat thing if you make sure you if, don't close these bases in my home yeah. state. Because oh, so it's just a, a like a, you you raise a bigger issue and then you back down on that, so this other thing you care about gets through. That's yeah, kind of the idea. Except it's all done, uh, yeah, 
like behind it's, the it's, scenes. Sure. It's a real house of cards, if you will. <laughs> Whoa. Woof. God. So I, I do want to say, uh, just talk a little bit about the senator. And as ham-fisted as this movie is a lot of the time, and for how broadly uh, the senator talks, kind of uh, one person who kind of shared her views on women in the military a couple of years earlier is our old pal Newt Gingrich. Newt. Also a Mars enthusiast, right? (laughs) Yes. Uh, So Newt had some thoughts about women in military combat. Okay. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, This, I believe, when Newt was teaching a history class in a college. Oh, as he should. He saw this as a a great way to get rid of uh, some wives. (laughs) Just send them to war. (laughs) I don't have to wait for them to get cancer anymore. He said, if combat means being in a ditch, females have biological problems <laughs> staying in a ditch for 30 days because they get infections and they don't have upper body strength. God, that, that fat-titted old white man. Yeah, <laughs> it's just Gingrich, <laughs> who you know is eating on a TV tray <laughs> most of the time. He doesn't need a tray, just puts it in his stomach. Yeah. He said, men, he said, are basically little piglets. You drop <laughs> them in... You drop them in the ditch, they roll around in it. I don't even... That's... <coughs> this is... Th- so, like, I... That's stupid, first off. Um, this, like... I, I, this movie's so weird, because I do like that, like, O'Neill is, wants to do this, and, and she's, like, trying to do it the right way, and wants to at least get a fair shot, right? Like, it's not, it's not for her as much as, like, can you make it, which she wants to, but it's, like, just give me a chance i want to it should be my choice on what happens mm-hmm. um it's just everything is done so poorly <laughs> and and there's so much training in this movie this movie's over two hours long somehow yeah and for maybe the first 45 minutes it's really just a rehash of full metal jacket <laughs> yeah yeah although i will say my favorite uh because, you know, like, drill sergeants in these movies always have to say these, you know, funny insults. Worm sperm made me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess that's really my only questions I have or notes I have on this movie. It, uh, It's just something. sort of, it sort of exists. Yeah, what's up, Joe? I mean, we are also in, like, a kind of, um, I don't know, we're not in the, maybe we're in the prime era of just the, the um, Middle Eastern boogeyman. Uh, being sort of the generic bad guy in like every single war action movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For True sure. Lies sounds like a it would be another one. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. We which... were still in the thick of it, and it used to be more overt, where it'd be like Chuck Norris or something <laughs> against a bunch of bad guys. But yeah, it's a little a little more subtle, if that's a term you could use. That's why. I, movies in this genre and, and like straight up action movie genres like are so rarely age well because it's just always gonna have some kind of like xenophobia and racism in it and mm-hmm. I, I and that's why john wick is good because he just kills people of all races and backgrounds so that's yeah. okay and people don't have like origins of countries that aren't really important no like yeah it, it but it's just like um just a bunch of fancy people yeah, yeah. Uh, but I guess probably the action movies that still do stuff like this, I just like are the ones that star like Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, 
I mean, we grew up where for like what twenty years in a row, like almost every war movie we saw had had something like the last twenty minutes of this movie. Probably yeah, right. it's extremely generic. Yes, that's why. So when I was doing the recap, I don't even know what's happening here. Like I, I just no clue. Just a lot of running and hiding and then shooting and someone yelling in a different tongue. And I'm like, okay, I guess they're the bad guys. That's the segment where I kept thinking, man, I really dislike Ridley Scott right now because this is amateurish. It's 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 it it feels like. It almost that scene at the end almost feels like it was in like a pilot that didn't get picked up. <laughs> yeah, or if or if a first year film student had the resources of Paramount or something. But there's not even like it even that like it's not even like big budget nonsense. It's just like it's just, it's bad. It's, the last bit of it is really bad. There's no sense of space. It's stylistically bizarre. Yeah, it's such a mess. And it's just so implausible as well just like the idea that they're the whole idea idea that they're going out on like this training thing and it's like oh no uh our satellite fell out of the sky and you guys need to go get it and you're the only people close enough to go do it Uh, yeah and it, it just takes away like the whole movie leading up to that point like if it's gonna be good it's just the story of this woman going through this training enduring you know mistreatment and obviously just the incredible challenge of going through the training itself and then it just like turns into this weird cartoonish like action movie and i think it just undermines the entire like story of her struggle it just like uh like it it just i I, it just makes the movie not work to me like she it should just be normal like the normal training and stuff and she does it but it almost feels like it it creates a shortcut and then so, obviously really, it's very dangerous, but I mean, you know what I mean? Do you, does that make sense? No, yeah. it does. Yeah. And then it veers really quickly back to the first movie it was for the ending. Yeah, yeah. with the with the poetry. Yeah. It, and, and when the guy that tried to rape her like smiles and gives her a book. He's her mentor now. <laughs> I I just don't understand like what we're supposed to. I know you guys mentioned it, but. It, I don't know how we're supposed to feel about that guy because the movie seems to think we're supposed to think of him as like some tough love, yeah, yeah, tough mentor, love mentor. But he's yeah. he's he's bad, folks. Yeah, tonally, this movie takes some weird digressions, and it makes it at, so at the end you're like, I think I know what that was trying to say. I mean, it's not a subtle movie, but it's just so bizarrely ham-fisted. <laughs> Well, that's that's what's weird to me about this is why I can't this is the thing I can't get over on this movie is it's a Ridley Scott dumb action film that's sort of being like hey look at shouldn't women be in the military and like the answer is obvious right like the answer is like yeah they should have the same they should have the same opportunities and rights as men and like it doesn't happen for like 19 more years after this movie comes out it's just it's mind blowing to me. And I, I'm sure we are, got we got distracted with our forever wars. Well, I'm sure there are women. Maybe there's people listening, and maybe some of them are women that are saying like, "Yeah, Rob, that's that's why it's awful. That's like welcome yeah. welcome to being a woman." Um, but I I just it's crazy to me. It's just it's it's insane. I was even thinking like 
the people who are you know like when we see these guys in their crt training and this like you know she shows up and they're just instantly dismissive and like mad about it being there and i'm just like why are you mad about it like it doesn't matter how like i don't it's i don't get it guys and it, it blows my mind that it's like this dumb movie is somehow is somehow like revolutionary has, in ways looking at the military. Say. That <laughs> this this lunkhead of a movie is somehow ahead of its time. Yeah. I I, I, I will say this that, that I don't understand why the military thought this was unrealistic. Because there is a scene in there where they're waterboarding her and yeah. someone <laughs> says, uh, this is a great interrogation technique and I'm like, Well, <laughs> that part's realistic because they definitely think that. That's true. It's definitely not true, but they definitely think it. Um, yeah. Just a casual scene in the movie where they're torturing somebody, and they're like, yeah, this is a great thing to do to get people to talk. It's like, oh. <laughs> what? I mean, okay. there's a bunch of those like casual 97 things, like the torture, multiple torture scenes, or like when she he walks in on her in the shower and kind of leers at her for a little bit, and when he like starts cutting her belt and ripping her pants off in front of all the other troops to like you know i'm sure he's you know in his mind he's like oh i'm just play acting it like dude man some dark stuff in that movie then 97 is just like meh i wonder if ego had trouble with that stuff because he's a pretty like woke yeah he did green book i'm sure he's fine with it (laughs) no well that's 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 kind of what i was about to say it's because like in real life like he's pretty i mean i'm don't know everything but everything i've heard of him like he he spoke out i think against the I don't remember if it was the war in Afghanistan or the war in Iraq and Lord of the Rings took him off of publicity for that. <laughs> so he didn't do any more interviews. Yeah. Um, I don't know. He's done some cool stuff, but then yeah, like this movie and yeah, green, I haven't seen green, green book. book, but Hidalgo. <laughs> Hidalgo. You guys, yes. you guys remember Hidalgo? I remember Hidalgo. Yeah. <laughs> I remember it coming out. I never saw it. I, I didn't see it either, but it was one of those movies where my mom raved about it. <laughs> <laughs> He should only be allowed to make movies for Cronenberg and Peter Jackson. That's it. <laughs> this is just giving me an idea for two different seasons of a free podcast we should do someday. One is with the, the Demi Moore talk. I Dubs heard me say this. I really want to do an erotic thriller series oh, where we can talk about oh, a decent yeah. proposal. Yeah, because you just love because you love to talk about Brian De Palma so much. Yeah, I mean, I just think those are incredible artifacts to look if, at. If you thought the research he did for <laughs> this week was creepy, folks. Yeah. Oh man. And the other one I think we should do. I just thought of is <laughs> movies our moms love. <laughs> That's actually pretty funny. My mom loved fried green tomatoes. That's what I would choose. <laughs> See, to be a true, I think that the best uh, mom movies are the ones where you look at it and it it either is or seems like it would just be the most average thing possible. It's not really good or really bad, and then moms will latch onto it and just yeah. talk it way up. Duff, have you seen Grumpy Old Men? <laughs> oh yeah, that's another one. That's a total mom movie there yeah. too. My, my that movie's mom good though. Told me multiple times about the movie Secret Window with Johnny Depp. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds a little scary for mom. Isn't that a Stephen oh. King one? Uh, it's based off a Stephen King book. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's got funny. Johnny Depp. Not very good, Johnny Depp. You guys he know sucks. that he's not very good. He's. <laughs> uh, anything else on GI Jane? I have 
some more uh, dark web content. Yes. Oh, While I was looking into this, I stumbled onto a Quora forum or two. Mm-hmm. And uh, got to use your real name on that one, Duff. So it's mm-hmm. got to be okay. The uh, the question of why aren't there uh, women in the Navy SEALs was posed. A couple of people had thoughts. Good. This is Scott Miller. He says he has been in almost all branches of military. He says, "What the reason why?" <laughs> <laughs> That's not how's that possible. Okay. That's not possible. Huh? Yeah, Scott. <laughs> he says the reason he will go and defend our way of life, protect the weak, or ultimately or possibly die in combat, is to protect what is ultimately our way of life. And why I feel strongly about women not being especially in special forces is they bear young. Obviously, being a male, I can't bear young. I can sire young, but I can't. I can't. Come on. I can't bear young. Because women are more biologically advanced, therefore I will fight for them and ultimately our way of life. Oh, my God. <laughs> Scott, he, thank oh you. He, his, his reasoning is that women are magical because they can have babies. I mean, it is pretty magical, I guess. They are um, <laughs> our way of life will be gone. Moreover, possible extinction. Come, I mean, on. I mean, at Scott, that point, we might never as well log be extinct off. At that point, <laughs> now, Mike Weaver, percussionist and band organizer. <laughs> does he have? Uh, does he have "dream" in quotations as his middle name? No matter what, this is going to sound sexist or politically incorrect. Oh, oh no! Oh <laughs> no! I like where this is going. Log off! Don't do it. <laughs> Never log off. Women are just hooked up differently than men. <laughs> they can make babies and have way more patience he, than men. He thinks women are TVs. <laughs> you know, they they got that HDMI. We don't have that HDMI. We got the RCA. They have those weird... <laughs> <laughs> Mine didn't come with a mute button. <laughs> Nick, Nick DiPaolo over here. <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, he says, so they can make babies and have way more patience than men. And they're more... I mean, they, they're they, mo- <laughs> every woman around you has definitely been patient, Mike, for sure. Their moral compass always points a little more towards center. Uh, what? I don't know what that even means. <laughs> that even what mean? does a center moral compass mean? Um, one overlooked, what, what direction are you going? One overlooked issue is women menstruate, and there will be a couple of days per month when she is not at her best. You can't... <laughs> You can't press pause in the field and grab a heating pad and take a day off. <laughs> two, I think two more. Uh, Tim Crete, investor. <laughs> okay. Tim Crete? He opened up a Robinhood.com account. <laughs> or whatever uh, that is. Women from a species perspective are more valuable than men. You can keep a population going with a few men and lots of women. Well, you cannot do the same with this lots. isn't this isn't an all it's not an all or none thing it's not like well if women go in then what do, what do we do if all the women join the military that's why there's well, such a men shortage right now because we have yes. men in the military like you just never see men anywhere no fortunately days without seeing men we're the only few men that's why we do this so i can finally talk to some men we're draft dodging from the basement uh and then in the similar uh all or nothing vein i'll close out with uh uh this guy uh his his name is uh darren offio 
and he somehow didn't have to have a profession after his name, but he says... Posting is his profession. There are women in the military who get pregnant to get out of deployments. No, I am not saying that all women do this, but it is a problem. If you have a force of 200 soldiers and 25 of them are suddenly unavailable for combat, your force is down 12%. Thank you. So he views that these women join the military and then just, you know, get pregnant. And this happens so often. (laughs) <laughs> it's screwing up uh, battle plans. As opposed to the heroes who get their women pregnant and then leave yes. to be in the military. <laughs> yeah, it, it's like anchor babies, but for soldiers or whatever, right? Yeah. I mean, it's like, all stupid. It's all men, stupid. So, I, <laughs> I just hope they never stop posting. Are you able to click on their profiles and see their other posts? Oh, God, probably. <laughs> I'll have to go find That'd be a fun again. journey. Guys, should we let our listeners know what our episode next week is going to be? Um, yeah, or, or they probably want to know. Let's cruise to it. Yep. So the voting has closed. Don't, just don't rush it. And we've decided that uh, we counted up the votes. <laughs> we had to do a little bit of tabulation because there was some fishy stuff happening. I'm looking at whoever voted 15 times in a row for Men in Black 2. Um. We're going to go Speed 2 Cruise Control. Woot woot. Um, That movie that is just, I mean, who doesn't know that movie inside and out? (laughs) It puts the Z in zeitgeist. Uh, I'm guessing you, if you've never seen Speed 2 Cruise Control, that shouldn't stop you from listening because it probably doesn't matter. Uh, We're going to go into the Sandra Bullock non-Keanu Reeves speed movie. Uh, with uh, with uh, I believe he's a Wisconsin native. Is that incorrect? I don't know. Oh, Willem Dafoe. Yeah, yeah, he is. Uh, Wisconsin native Willem Dafoe also in that so, movie. So guys, you're talking about Jason Patrick. So guys, since not none of us have seen Speed Two, nor are really too familiar with it, let's let's have a little fun. Because that's worked out really uh, well on all the other movies we've chosen so far. <laughs> well, we didn't choose this one. <laughs> yeah. So let's. I want to hear everyone's guess as to the bad guy's motivation in Speed 2. Come up with a theory. So what? what is his motivation for doing this thing to the boat? I'm not Can even you sure remind what me what Dennis, Dennis Hopper's motivation was in Speed 1? He was a former cop who uh-huh. was mad. <laughs> <laughs> he, there was, he needed money or wanted money? Oh, was it like a, like a, a ransom thing? No. I don't is something about I just remember there's he lives in his cruddy apartment and he's talking about how he had no purpose and they just gave him a watch or something. Yeah. Yeah, okay. he's an angry cop. Never happens. Um <laughs> <laughs> I hope all this means is I hope we get to do a episode on speed after we talk about speed 2. It is your favorite movie. Uh, okay, I'm willing to play this game with you Duff. I'm just uh, okay. I I've, I I kind of want to see I'm just quickly Look up the Wikipedia page for the first one. I think there's chemicals involved. There's some sort of like war chemicals or war, uh, some sort of like weapon of some sort that he wants to get. I believe he's probably a terrorist mm-hmm. and he wants a weapon. And I'm guessing that uh, Sandra Bullock and this guy are on their vacation. That's good. Uh, my theory is that he is targeting a prominent other guest on the boat 
who that may be. I don't know. But movies mm. like this, it's always like the prime minister of Japan oh, okay. or something. It's always a chancellor. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Valorium. <laughs> okay. So your guesses were uh, terrorist terrorism, a uh, weapon of some it? sort. Yeah. And, and mine is uh, pl- assassination, assassination, attempt. assassination attempt. Okay. I'm going to say, I'm going to say that he is a radical environmentalist. Ooh. And I he, like this. And he is, he's doing, um, shoot, but I, I kind of don't know how he's going to leverage this. So the, I'm assuming the boat's going to have to keep going fast or blow up. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so like, like in the first one, he does, he does do it for money. He wants a ransom or he'll blow up the bus. Okay. Um, cause he's a, this, he's an angry cop. Okay. So Willem Dafoe was, is a former Greenpeace member. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> who is All radicalized. Right. And that's how he knows. And so he used to be like on those boats that would disrupt like whaling ships and stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> so that's how he became sort of like a seafaring fellow. And I just also just don't you like Willem Dafoe as a as a as a boat guy? Yeah. Boating is his last temptation. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, boy, you're the Antichrist. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. And so, so yeah, he he's doing it, at, uh, and he's threatening to kill all of them unless they, um, unless they, they bring in all, like a whaling fleet or something like that. Or no, 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 no. Um, <laughs> <laughs> You're good. <laughs> no, I got it. He's gonna he's gonna try to crash it into an offshore oil rig, Ooh. and they have to like stop the boat before it reaches it. I like it. Okay. All right. All right. Well. Listeners, let us know what you think about women in the military. Um, <laughs> yeah, po- I'd recommend posting, po- post it online, <laughs> post it online. But you have to use your real name uh, at a slash freeloaders. That's linked to our Facebook group. We are at a Also on Twitter and Facebook at a free podcast. We're on iTunes. You should write us a review. iTunes redid stuff. We can read the reviews now, so that's fun. And uh, we will be uh, doing our Listener's Choice episode next week on Speed 2 Cruise Control. Iki, I'm a computer. Stop all the downloading. G.I. Joe!